I'm reading tonight uh, Jeremiah chapter 16. Jeremiah chapter 16. And we're thankful unto the Lord for this wonderful privilege that we have to come before His presence. And we pray that the Holy Spirit will open our understanding unto the Scriptures. Jeremiah chapter 16, verse 1, The word of the Lord came also unto me, saying, Thou shalt not take thee a wife, neither shalt thou have sons or daughters in this place. For thus saith the Lord concerning the sons and concerning the daughters that are born in this place, and concerning their mothers that bear them, and concerning their fathers that begat them in this land, they shall die of grievous deaths. They shall not be lamented, neither shall they be buried. But they shall be as dung upon the face of the earth, and they shall be consumed by the sword and by famine, and their carcasses shall be meat for the fowls of heaven and for the beasts of the earth. For thus saith the Lord, Enter not into the house of mourning, neither go to lament nor bemoan them, for I have taken away my peace from this people, saith the Lord, even loving kindness and mercies. Both the great and the small shall die in this land, they shall not be buried, neither shall men lament for them, nor cut themselves, nor make themselves bald for them, neither shall men tear themselves for them in mourning to comfort them for the dead, neither shall men give them the cup of consolation to drink for their father or for their mother. Thou shalt not also go into the house of feasting to sit with them to eat and to drink. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I will cause to cease out of this place in your eyes and in your days the voice of mirth and the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride. And it shall come to pass when thou shalt show this people all these words and they shall say unto thee, Wherefore hath the Lord pronounced all this great evil against us? Or what is our iniquity? Or what is our sin that we have committed against the Lord our God? Then shalt thou say unto them, Because your fathers have forsaken me, saith the Lord, and have walked after other gods, and have served them, and have worshipped them, and have forsaken them, and have not kept my law, and ye have done worse than your fathers, for behold, ye walk every one after the imagination of his evil heart, that they may not hearken unto me. Therefore will I cast you out of this land into a land that ye know not, neither ye nor your fathers, and there shall ye serve other gods day and night, where I will not show you favor. Therefore, behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that it shall no more be said, the Lord liveth, that brought up the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. But the Lord liveth, that brought up the children of Israel from the land of the north, and from all the lands whither he had driven them. And I will bring them again into their land that I gave unto their fathers. Behold, I will send for many fishers, saith the Lord, and they shall fish them. And after will I send for many hunters, and they shall hunt them from every mountain and from every hill and out of the holes of the rocks. For mine eyes are upon all their ways, they are not hid from my face, neither is their iniquity hid from mine eyes. 
And first, I will recompense their iniquity and their sin double, because they have defiled my land, they have filled mine inheritance with the carcasses of their detestable and abominable things. O Lord, my strength and my fortress and my refuge in the day of affliction, the Gentiles shall come unto thee from the ends of the earth and shall say, Surely our fathers have inherited lies, vanity, and things wherein there is no profit. Shall a man make gods unto himself, and they are no gods? Therefore, behold, I will this once cause them to know, I will cause them to know mine hand and my might, and they shall know that my name is the Lord, or Jehovah. So here in this 16th chapter, Jeremiah receives the message concerning the great evil that is going to come upon the people of his day there in Judah and Jerusalem and its cause and its end or the ultimate result that the Lord uh, would bring to pass and as we read these verses we must be struck with the the horror and the awful anguish and grief that was to come upon them because of their sinful disobedience against the Lord and their forsaking of the Lord and His ways. And yet at the same time, the covenant mercies of God such that he would not cast off forever and he would still fulfill his promise where that he said that he would be known as the Lord not merely who brought them up out of the land of Egypt but who gathered them out of all the places where he had driven and scattered them and would bring them again into their land that he gave unto their fathers and how ultimately in all of this the end was the glory of God not only with regard to the nation of Israel but all the nations because he went on to say that in verses 19 through 21 where that he spoke of all the other nations the Gentiles and how they said in verse 21, Therefore, behold, I will this once cause them to know, I will cause them to know mine hand and my might, and they shall know that my name is the Lord. And so you see, God's workings with, with His chosen people were always, even going back to when He brought them up out of the land of Egypt, it was to make God's name known amongst all the nations. And bringing good or evil, right, as far as what takes place and the uh, experience of people upon the earth and in, in his people in particular, in bringing good or evil, God does all things to the glory of his own holy and righteous name. God never compromises that cause. And that's 
how all that he does is in righteousness and in truth. He, he never compromises his ultimate end, which is to bring honor and glory to his own holy and righteous name. Things that do not result in the glory of God are not good. Right? That's the thing is you cannot separate good, real and true good from the glory of God. Look in 2 Corinthians chapter 2. And that's because all good, all that is good comes from God. And all flows from Him. There would be no good apart from Him. That's why we should look for and expect no good except that which is from Him. But notice here in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, beginning in verse number 14. Now thanks be unto God, which always causeth us to triumph in Christ, and maketh manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. All right, so there's that knowledge of God. Remember, he was talking about the knowledge of God back there in Jeremiah chapter 16. He said, I will cause them to know. All right, my name is Lord. We talked about the knowledge of God this morning somewhat. But here again, the knowledge of God, God being made known in every place, he said. He says, for we are unto God a sweet savor of Christ in them that are saved and in them that perish. Right? Where, wherever we go, or even as Paul, wherever he went, preaching uh, the knowledge of the true God through faith in his son Jesus Christ, there were those that believed, there were those that did not. And he said to the one, we are the savor of death unto death, and to the other, the savor of life unto life. And who is sufficient for these things? Well, the answer is not us. Right? But he said, for we are not as many which corrupt the word of God. Right? There are many that do that. There are many who take God's word and they misuse it to their own purposes, right? That's where all your false preachers and teachers and churches and so-called ministries and so forth come in. They take the scriptures, but they don't use them for God's purpose. In obedience to God, they use them for their own ends. He said, but we are not as many which corrupt the word of God, but as of sincerity, but as of God, in the sight of God, speak we in Christ. And so you see, uh, the knowledge of God being made known in every place, it's going to redound to the honor and the glory of God, both in those who are saved and in those that perish. Now, there were some Severe and drastic things that were stated here in these verses in Jeremiah chapter 16. And that sometimes, you know, that's what people think of God's word. They'll say, well, that's, that's too severe. That's too drastic. But we find here that their situation and their conduct 
was such that that's what was called for. But notice here in, in Jeremiah chapter 16 in the first seven verses Jeremiah actually in the first nine verses but I want to notice the first seven first Jeremiah was forbidden to do some things by the word of the Lord that came unto him. In verse 2, he was forbidden to take a wife and to have a family. He said, uh, Thou shalt not take thee a wife, neither shalt thou have sons or daughters in this place. Why was that? Well, the reason was it was a sign it was an outward token that went along with the prophecy that he was giving out in the, by the word of the Lord. God often did that with the prophets. He had them do something visibly that, all, that went along with what the truth was that God was communicating. Well, he said, to, he, said, he said, you're not to take a wife and have sons and daughters. Well, what was the prophecy? because the sons and the daughters and the mothers and the fathers of that wicked generation would all be slain very soon with a very great slaughter. All right, that's what he said in verse, in verse 3 and verse 4. He said, Concern, Thus saith the Lord concerning the sons and concerning the daughters that are born in this place and concerning their mothers that bear them and concerning their fathers that begat them in this land, they shall die of grievous deaths. Right? They were going to die some, in some, some very severe, harsh, and drastic ways. He talked about that in the previous chapter. He's talking about it again. Right? And he went on to say, in fact, not only so, they're not going to be mourned for, they're not going to be lamented, they're not even going to be buried. Their carcasses will be left out for the, for the birds and the beasts. Right? Very, very harsh, very drastic. And then Jeremiah was forbidden in verse 5, we would say, from, from attending their funerals or mourning for them. He said in verse 5, For thus saith the Lord, Enter not into the house of mourning, neither go to lament nor bemoan them. Alright, so he, he, couldn't, uh, he couldn't participate in the normal, uh, we would say, or the customary uh, activities of the day as far as uh, when there would be death and there would be mourning and so on and the various things that they would do. Jeremiah was forbidden. Again, this was another sign that the Lord uh, gave to accompany His Word. Because why? Well, they were going to die. God said, I've taken away my peace from this people. My loving kindness and my mercies. That's, that right there was the most severe and, and harsh and drastic thing. That God took away his peace, his loving kindness, and his mercies. And if the Lord does that, that's, that's one of the worst things that can happen to you. And they didn't realize that that's what was taking place. They didn't care that that's what was taking place. In fact, the, they didn't even notice. 
until it was too late. But we find that uh, they were going to die. They wouldn't even, their bodies wouldn't be buried. And God said, nobody's going to lament or weep for them. And the and the not only the the normal uh, ritual and and customary uh, practices for, that we think of or that they had in those days, not only would those not even take place, but the heathen practices that they had adopted wouldn't happen either because he says nobody's going to uh, cut themselves or make themselves bald or tear themselves or give the cup of consolation to drink. Right? None of those things. Nobody was going to get a, a tattoo in memory of them. Nobody was going to go to the bar and you know drink a toast in memory of them. None of those things were going to happen when the judgment of God came upon them. And then in verse 8 and 9, Jeremiah was forbidden to go to their feasts and partake in their merrymaking and their celebrations because he said in verse 8, Thou shalt not also go in to the house of feasting to sit with them to eat and to drink. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I will cause to cease out of this place in your eyes and in your days the voice of mirth and the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride. And so it was going to happen in their lifetime. This wasn't a, something far down the road. This was going to happen soon. And, and we're going, if the Lord permits, we continue on, the Lord helps in our studies, we're going to see it take place in, here later on in the book of Jeremiah. But you see, Jeremiah was forbidden to go to their feasts and their merrymaking, their wedding celebrations and so on. God said, I'm going to cause all that to stop. I'm going to take it away. You know, the Bible says, we've read it several times recently. I'm turning there now, Luke chapter 17, that these are the things that, that the world's doing and they're going to be doing them right up until... The Lord comes and they won't be able to do them anymore. Alright, there's no consideration of, of the judgment to come is the point. Right? It's not that getting married is wrong. It's not that, you know, someone dies having a funeral is wrong. But the, what's wrong is there's no consideration of God and of the judgment to come, and of, and of repentance, and turning to the Lord. Look in Luke chapter 17, verse 26, And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the son, days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise also as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built it. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Now, Jeremiah was told in verses 10 through 13 
there in Jeremiah 16, he was told uh, the reason that this this great evil was going to come from the Lord upon them, and and they were, and if they asked, you know, why why are you prophesying these these words from the Lord against so what is what have we done? What's our sin? Well, there there was an answer. But you see, really, what we find is their ignorance and their unbelief, their wicked stubbornness, and their pride. Right? He said in verse 10, It shall come to pass when thou shalt show this people all these words, and they shall say unto thee, We have sinned. Pray for us. Unto the Lord. No? Doesn't say that, does it? says, Wherefore hath the Lord pronounced all this great evil against us? Or what is our iniquity? Or what is our sin that we have committed against the Lord our God? You see, they didn't even... They were plain ignorant. What have we done? Verse 11, Then shalt thou say unto them, Because your fathers have forsaken me, saith the Lord, and have walked after other gods, and have served them, and have worshipped them, and have forsaken me, and have not kept my law. And ye have done worse than your fathers. For behold, ye walk every one after the imagination of his evil heart, that they may not hearken unto me. Therefore, right, that's why, will I cast you out of this land into a land that ye know not, neither ye nor your fathers, and there shall you serve other gods day and night where I will not show you favor. Right? They, they had to serve the Lord in the land He gave their fathers and He's going to cast them out of it and they're going to have to serve the gods of those other nations where they were, where they were taken away to. And, and they had not appreciated, they had not uh, valued and been thankful for the the favor and the mercies and the loving kindness of God. And so God said, you, you can go live over there now and I, and I will show you favor. You know, if you think about it, you compare their response here to Jeremiah, what, what the Lord says that is going, their response is going to be Compare that to when Jonah was sent to preach to the heathen city of Nineveh, right? And he just, he went in there and he just said, in so many days, you know, the Lord's going to destroy, you know, this city. And they, says they repented, right? They, they, everybody stopped sinning and humbled themselves and fasted and so forth. Well, hear this, what do we do? Well, why is the Lord uh, mad at us? You can see how, how hard-hearted and cold they were. And the Lord said, you've, you've done worse than your fathers. You walk everyone after the imagination of his evil heart. That you may not hearken unto me. In verses 14 through 18, the Lord reveals that He's going to restore them after they have received double for all of their awful sins against the Lord their God. In verse 14, 
Therefore, behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that it shall no more be said, The Lord liveth that brought up the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt, but the Lord liveth that brought up the children of Israel from the land of the north and from all the lands whither he had driven them. And I'll bring them again into their land that I gave unto their fathers. And so you see, he's going to cast them out. They're going to go to Babylon. That was to the north, right? And then to other places. They're all over the world now, aren't they? And he said, I'm going, to, I'm going to gather them, bring them again. And it was going to be, again, to the honor and glory of his name. He said, the Lord liveth that brought up the children of Israel. Right? Not just from Egypt, but from, now it's going to be said from all these places. But he said his first, in verse, he said in verse 8, verse 16, he gives this, this, Analogy, he says, Behold, I will send for many fishers, saith the Lord, and they shall fish them, and after will I send for many hunters, that they shall hunt them from every mountain and from every hill, and out of the holes of the rocks. For mine eyes are upon all their ways, they are not hid from my face, neither is their iniquity hid from mine eyes. And so the fishers and the hunters has to do with not just the Lord's going to find them wherever they are, but what he's saying is. They're going, he's going to, he, it's like what Moses said to them back in the book of Numbers, be sure your sin will find you out. Right? The Lord said their, their, their ways are not hid from my, from my face and their iniquity is not hid from mine eyes. No matter where they were in the world. Right? The Lord said in verse 18, and first I will recompense their iniquity and their sin double. Because they have defiled my land, they have filled mine inheritance with the carcasses of their detestable and abominable things. Right? And so the Lord said they're going to they're pay double. Look in Psalm 106. The 106th Psalm. And these things were related in other places in the scriptures as well as they are here by Jeremiah. Psalm 106, beginning in verse number 34. And this goes back a little bit in their history. Verse 34, they did not destroy the nations concerning whom the Lord commanded them. That's talking about when they came into the land of Canaan, right? They were to, they were to drive them out, wipe them out, and destroy everything that they had that was idolatrous. Right? Throw down their idols, destroy them. That's, that's similar to what we're to do in a spiritual sense. That's what 2 Corinthians chapter 10 tells us, right? Casting down imaginations and every high thought that exalteth itself against the knowledge of Christ, bringing it into subjection. There isn't supposed to be anything left that's outside of his will and that brings him glory right do all to the glory of God but notice here he says they did not destroy the nations concerning whom the Lord commanded them but were mingled among the heathen and learned their works see that's the problem and they served their idols which were a snare unto them yea they sacrificed their sons and their daughters unto devils and shed innocent blood, even the blood of their sons and of their daughters, 
whom they sacrificed unto the idols of Canaan, and the land was polluted with blood. Thus were they defiled with their own works, and went a-whoring with their own inventions. Therefore was the wrath of the Lord kindled against his people, insomuch that he abhorred his own inheritance. So that's where we're at, right in Jeremiah. And he gave them into the hand of the heathen, and they that hated them ruled over them. Their enemies also oppressed them, and they were brought into subjection under their hand. Many times did he deliver them, but they provoked him with their counsel and were brought low for their iniquity. Nevertheless, he regarded their affliction when he heard their cry, and he remembered for them his covenant and repented according to the multitude of his mercies. He made them also to be pitied of all those that carried them captives. Save us, O Lord our God, and gather us from among the heathen to give thanks unto thy holy name and to triumph in thy praise. Right? That's where they have to come to. Right? Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Well, they have to come to where they call on the name of the Lord. Save us, O Lord our God, from among the heathen. And, and gather us. Right? To give thanks unto thy holy name and triumph in thy praise. That's what they weren't doing. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting and let all the people say amen. Praise ye the Lord. Look in Isaiah chapter 40. And so the Lord's going to do that. But first he said that they're going to receive double. Recompense. For all this the evil that they've done against me. according to the imagination of their own stubborn and wicked hearts. But notice here in Isaiah 40 and verse 1, Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people, saith your God. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished, that her iniquity is pardoned. For she hath received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. And so the Lord here, He, he reveals this is, this is what's going to happen this is what's going to take place. In verse 19 through 21, here, these last three verses of this 16th chapter of Jeremiah, he said, O Lord, my God, and my fortress, and my refuge in the day of affliction. The Gentiles, now he's not even talking about Israel, now he's talking about the other nations, the Gentiles. So the Gentiles shall come unto thee from the ends of the earth and shall say, Surely our fathers have inherited lies, vanity, and things wherein there is no profit. Now what's that mean? What's that talking about? What, did they, what had they received uh, from their ancestors that was lies, vanity, and unprofitable? Well, the next verse tells you, shall a man make gods unto himself and they are no gods, right? They were all idolatrous nations. They didn't know the living and true God. And these are all the places where Israel is going to be scattered. Isn't that what he had told them? He said, you're going to uh, serve other gods day and night that you knew not, and that your fathers knew not. Well, that was amongst all the Gentile nations. But he said the Gentiles are going to come to know the Lord. And they're going to renounce 
their idolatrous gods that were handed down to them by their, by their fathers and turned to the Lord. He said, therefore, behold, I will this once cause them to know. I will cause them to know my hand and my might and they shall know that my name is the Lord. Now, some of this, to a, to a small degree, it took place through the Babylonian captivity and afterwards, right? Because what happened with some of those that were taken captive? Well, who are some that we knew, know were taken captive? Well, there was Daniel and his three friends, right? Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. The Babylonians changed their names, right? To Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And who were they witnesses to? Well, they were up there witnessing to, to old Nebuchadnezzar himself about the true and the living God. And then, they, and then later on, uh, some of the others that were kings later, Darius the Mede, and, and so on. But you see, Jehovah God, he said the only living and true God would ultimately be known among all the nations of the earth as the only living and true God. In contrast to the idols of the, the heathen that they served. The casting off of disobedient and unbelieving Israel for a time would ultimately work out in the plan of God in the knowledge of the living God going unto all the nations. You see, the Jews should have been the emissaries and the ambassadors of the living God to all other nations. Well, ultimately, the Lord's disciples from among the Jews were, right, Peter, to the house of Cornelius, and, and later on, and other of the apostles, and then particularly Paul, right? He, what did he say? Who did he say he was? According to the will of God, the apostle to the Gentiles. And so, right? Great is the, the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. Scene of angels. Believed on in the world, preached unto the Gentiles, received up into glory. And I missed some of it there from 1 Peter chapter 3, but our 1 Timothy rather, chapter 3. But you see, he was preached unto the Gentiles. So even though Israel was disobedient, God, in His cause, He still triumphed. He overcame their disobedience to the redounding of the glory of His name. Right? And notice here, the prophet, he says, O Lord, my strength and my fortress and my refuge in the day of affliction. This is what God is to every believer. Jew or Gentile. This is what God is to the Israel of God, his elect, their strength, their fortress, their refuge in the day of affliction. 
This is what God is to his faithful servants who faithfully proclaim his words like Jeremiah was doing, even to hard-hearted and unbelieving generations. They couldn't do it without the Lord. Without him as their strength, their fortress, their refuge in the day of affliction. Like Paul said there as we uh, made re ran reference to it this morning in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 17 and 18, he said, The Lord was with me and strengthened me and he shall preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom to whom be glory forever. He said, I'll cause them to know the knowledge, the true knowledge of the living God is salvation and everlasting life. Isn't that what Jesus said? He said, this is eternal life, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. Do you know him in truth? Are you serving him in sincerity and truth? Are you serving him only? Are you depending on the salvation and the safekeeping and the sustaining grace that comes only to those who trust in Him and call upon His name, believing His words. Are you, is God, can you say of the Lord, my strength, my fortress, my refuge in the day of affliction. And so may the Lord, may the Lord help and bless us. Let's bow our heads and pray.